Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Russell Kane and Boys Don't Cry. We're talking about vulnerability and I'm joined by the brilliant Josh Jones and Jessica Nappett and we are sharing. We are going deep. We're going so deep I can feel the pressure squishing me with the depth. But it's good pressure. What would you say is the most vulnerable you've ever felt in your life, Josh Jones? When, when, you, when are you most vulnerable? Is it? Well, I'll, I'll say, let's do it both. When are you most vulnerable now in your life? Is it when you're on stage? Is it when you're in an early part of a relationship? This- um, I, sometimes, if I'm in public and I'm on my own, I don't like answering, answering the phone because I don't like people hearing my voice, do you know what I mean? If you're in, like, a few really? dodgy areas or whatever, I feel like, oh, if people hear my voice, it'll make a bit of a target on me back because um, they think, oh, he can't look after himself or whatever. So sometimes I'll, like, answer the phone. And it'd be funny because my mum will ring and then I'll be like, you're all right, how are you doing? You're all right. And I'll do, like, my fake manly vibe. I was going to ask you if you had a yeah, camouflage I do, I do do this sometimes, like, what, do you ever walking down the street and a guy a guy <laughs> who looks a bit dodgy is like, have you got the time? I'm like, oh, no, sorry, mate, I've not got the time soon a bit, bye. Like, because I just, like, think, oh, he sounds odd. <laughs> but then I'm, like, walking away like a penguin with my arms, like, oh, flapping about. But I feel <laughs> like... I feel like people, in terms of vice, have connect a deeper voice like this with strength, and and yeah. if I'm if people hear me talking like this, if I'm on my own, especially when we're gigging and you're walking about late at night or whatever, um, I don't want to draw attention to myself. If, especially if I'm on my own. Yeah. So I feel vulnerable that way, but that's not like emotional vulnerability. No, no that, is, that is properly, that's proper vulnerability though. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting if it was someone who'd been at the gig. And now... Uh, and they sort of, and you go, and you were like, I don't believe that character yeah, I do. Yeah, I'll just do that to bring the well, box. This well, is the yeah, because I've, <laughs> I've had people come up to me Honestly, a girl, it was at the Frog and Bucket in Manchester, was like, oh, that gay voice is, like, really believable. And I was like, bitch, this is my real voice. <laughs> like, I've, had to, <laughs> I've had to sound like this all my life. But, like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I did boxing for years when I was a teenager. And I did it a bit because my mates did it. But I also did it because I had to learn how to defend myself because... Are getting yeah. called a faggot every day. So then I just started like fighting and stuff. 
but that all comes. Oh my god! Please tell me you're amazing at boxing. I, I'm not, I don't think I am anymore because I've not done it for like. But I did it for a couple of years. I can I can have a few um, fisty cuffs if I need to, but I um, yeah. I'd watch your boxing tournament. You just call it Power Fist or something. Uh, I remember what. Can I tell a quick boxing story? It's quite. It, Please, I think I've, I think you definitely. It's quite could. embarrassing. There was like one other um, camp guy there. We was both the ones whose dad made them go boxing, right? And he, I hated him because he came in with like a River Island bag every single week, and he was just like, do you know, like showing off because he could afford to go to River Island, and it had like holes in it by the end of it. So I was like, I can't wait to spar this dickhead. I'm gonna fucking knock him out. So after, <laughs> after like a couple of months. <laughs> After a couple of months of like we've not sparred, we finally get to spar, and I haven't seen him spar yet. He's not really had that many fights. He's just been on the bags and stuff. And then like we start, and it's like one punch, two punch, and he's fucking levering me. And like I'm not getting a dig in, and I was so confident that I batter him, so I forgot all the rules, and I just like spared him into the like corner, and I had to get dragged off. It wasn't a good look on my half but i was so embarrassed that the other gay boy was beating me up i was like no <laughs> <laughs> that would make a great routine but fyi if you ever, i think if you ever told that no, on stage because i'm scared that people will hate me for sparing a gay guy into it but i was a gay guy no, i think no I, ironically it shows a, a vulnerability yeah. i have to ask um just the same question. A, when do you feel you're most vulnerable now? The, the 20, well, no, maybe not the 2020, maybe the 2019, Jeff. And, uh, and when were you most or have you felt most vulnerable in your entire life, if you're okay sharing it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think... I don't want to go too deep and dark, guys. No, but I, I think giving birth is probably just the single most vulnerability making moment of my life yeah of course i didn't even think of that and how many children well this is the awful thing is that i'd recently lost i've had miscarriage so i did have to give birth to a a baby that was not alive sorry i know this is really grim um you know and it was like that obviously just because you asked me that and it sprung to no, mind. No, it's, thank you because it's just, I mean, the act, the act of giving birth is just, just, you are, it's so, it's, it's crazy because you are so uh, powerful in that moment. And, you know, bringing this, bringing something into the world and, but also, you know, going through this crazy physical um, event, but then you're so, vulnerable because you need so much help mm. in that in that physical moment and in those in those days when it was happening this most the most recent time I just couldn't I just couldn't function I was just completely unable to really do anything without people and without my husband being there and just emotionally and physically it was just the most vulnerable and was that due was it during pandemic year? It wasn't, or was it? Yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, it was in God August on. just oh, now. Yeah, just last so August. Sorry, yeah. It was. It was absolutely horrendous. But um, I, and this is it's interesting to talk about vulnerability because I think that you know even talking about that now I can feel myself like really uh, 
lips or sort of almost numbing the emotion of it because I don't want to like just get upset on a past and also because it's just like a very difficult thing to talk about mm -hmm. but I think that that is a huge problem because if you do that then you just like numb everything yeah and trauma can sit sit there it's, it's interesting hearing you speak just because you this is this is the thing that blows my mind about this podcast it's a very sort of male approach to trauma even though we're talking about giving birth the most female thing at the time of recording anyway science you can do um it's a very male response to numb ignore and bury so i do so much work as well as the, a podcast like this i do a lot of work with rethink i work with mental health charities i'm involved with the we are whole charity i do all of this stuff male cancers prostate cancer testicular cancer the death rate is higher than it should because men bury ignore bury ignore bury ignore so it's interesting to hear when speaking to a woman to, to find out you've had that same sort of protective numbing burying action to, to trauma so that goes back to what we were talking about before where you really have to work on showing your vulnerability because it doesn't go anywhere does it a scar a pain like that it's not it's sitting there it need it has to be processed and i guess what we're discovering about vulnerability it can be a a positive way not pleasant but a positive way to bring stuff like that to the surface to get that to get that poison that cancer i don't use that image lightly out if you know what i mean absolutely because i think and i think that's something that i've i've been learning about is that when it's it makes sense when it's a bodily thing when it's a bodily trauma and i think a lot of women do go through bodily traumas of of various kinds it sort of makes sense stays in your body and it it kind of can only really come out in a bodily way as well so it means you have to like do work on your body whether that's like exercise or like just physical stuff or just like mm. you know having some really good sex <laughs> it's, it's so it's it's so weird you were saying it. I, I was in this forum yesterday it was all men like men who can't ask gary is gary all right you know it's like, we really need to tackle this with men this is why the male suicide rates off the freaking chart and i was trying to explain to these guys that there is something physical that you you can always do so if you don't feel like making your cup of tea with your digestive biscuit and go let's talk about trauma as long as you're focused on it whilst you're physically doing something, whether you're walking fast, doing exercise, hitting a, a punching bag, River Island branded, of course, <laughs> or, or whatever you're doing, some, we are human beings. We like the, the body remembers, like we hold shit in our bodies. There's only so much you can solve by sat around talking, having a book, doing podcasts. Like this. Eventually, you've got to get up and, and do something as well as talking so there's loads of resources online anyone that's into this and anyone's been uh, affected by uh, what we're talking about i'll try and put some um, links in uh, to the listing with this one as well um let's move this, move it on a bit um let's talk about age do we become less vulnerable as we get older or do or does the things we're vulnerable to change let's assume let's let's just tune out being single for a sec josh let's say you meet the love of your life boom wedding rings on we're all we're all married we're all that bit sorted so let's do a controlled experiment try and tune out the difference in the romance stakes because we talked a lot about couples and mating ah. do we become more vulnerable as creatures or less vulnerable or is it like a sort of u-shaped curve where we're really vulnerable up to about 30 have a bit where we're legends from 30 to 50 and then vulnerable again at the end oh i i, I don't i feel again my point of view though it's like probably like just such a gay point of view um, um well, tell us it because... might not be because there's a lot of the stuff you've said so far 
apart from when you were gagged on the dick, I was like, that's me, that's me, that's me. Um, <laughs> no, but like coming out the closet, like makes you a complete, you like, you, it's, it's one, it's not a, like, oh, I'm gay, my life has changed. It's such a, like, it takes a couple of years to kind of get used to being like, oh, I don't have to watch the way my wrist is going because I'm not bothered that people know. Do you know what I mean? Like, like mm. are those mental blocks getting rid of them? So, like, once those go, I feel like it just makes you a lot more open in general. So, obviously, that links to, like, being vulnerable as well. But, um, like, when I was younger, my stepdad was, like, quite homophobic and would say loads of homophobic slurs. But as he's got older, he's, like, Mr. Left Wing now. And, like, I feel... That's unusual with with men, isn't it? Men tend to become more and more right-wing till they just turn into Nigel Farage. But I don't know if it's because, like, because he's related to me, maybe, is, like... You've radicalised him. To. And he's like... A, he's like, put the lies in yeah, my alley back but he's on. like... And, but as well, he's tasting music and everything. He's a... Yeah, he's really? a northern working-class truck driver from Manchester. And while he's in his truck, there's no one he prefers to listen to more than Dua Lipa. He's like... He's like <laughs> proper into... He's into it. chart music. So it's like... Even shit that I won't listen to, I'm like, get some self-respect. And he's, like, listening to Halsey and stuff, and he loves it. But, it like, in terms of just his language that he uses now, like, he'd be like, oh, I would never speak like that now. But I don't... And I feel like he's a lot more empathetic and... Like, when I... Mm. My first telly thing came out while we was in lockdown, and he cried... And I was like, what are you doing, you weirdo? But he was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. But I was like, ugh. But, but like, lovely. that's not the person he was when I was younger. When I was younger, we didn't get on at all. Because I don't think he really liked that I was like, woo. So it was like such a big thing. But I've grown, but I've known in him, and he's like the straightest guy, like proper blokey bloke you can be. And he's, like, well more emotional. And he's, like, in touch with his emotions publicly. He's not as bothered. Do you know what I mean? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hmm. I suspect it might be a, a U-shaped uh, graph, Jessica. I, so I come from this sort of similar sort of background to Josh. Very old, lots of alpha male men, silverbacks. My dad, Dave. My uncle, Darren. They're all like metal welders, nunchuck using, boxing, martial artists, men that have never had emotions. And then it's, there's a sort of a moist eye starts in the 60s. And then when they hold their grandchildren, they just weep and don't have an issue yeah. with it. So it would suggest most men, a lot of men, shall we say, do become more vulnerable in a good way, possibly in a bad way as well, over time. Is it the same experience for a woman? Does it, or, or is it just that the things that one is vulnerable to changes and the, the sort of level of vulnerability remains constant? Yeah, I definitely feel like I've become more vulnerable over the years, for sure. I think because I spent most of my teenage years sort of just being really, like, sarky and hard (laughs) and cynical throughout my 20s and just kind of, like, just building up quite a hard shell so that I could do the career that... I'm doing I guess and then my late 20s early 30s has been just paying a lot of money for therapy to get rid of all of the layers so many sarky hard layers to go through yeah you'll never get through this one oh stop drilling why are you bothering drilling oh fuck's sake how deep is this (laughs) and it is a mess under there (laughs) it's been a very honest show today my goodness yeah I think uh, but th- yeah, and I, but I think that is, I, th- I absolutely believe now that honesty is completely key to happiness. And so therefore you have to be vulnerable, vulnerable in order to, to sort of live honest life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, but I also think that it's really good for our line of work. Yeah. That yeah, that's I always shy away because it's so it's so specialist and you sort of got to be a comic to appreciate. But obviously, the more vulnerable, the better when you're on stage. Full stop. Um, so the, we uh, Josh touched on it earlier, um, and it's a subject I don't think it even would have been controversial to discuss a year ago. In fact, it would have been just interesting to discuss. If might be a little bit bleak, might be disturbing about feeling more vulnerable depending on the space you're in. So Josh has shared how he changes his voice because mm. he doesn't feel physically safe. There, there is a difference, is there not, Jess, um, between the spaces in which women feel vulnerable compared to men, and, and we've learned how gay men feel vulnerable in different spaces as well, that cannot be avoided due to just the size, I suppose, <laughs> size and strength. That this Now, talking about spaces where women feel, would feel safe is not even a phrase I would have worried about saying a year ago. But thanks to the fucking wizard merchant herself, J.K. Rowling, for us to even discuss this, we have to tap dance quite near getting ourselves on a headline or a Twitter hashtag. So let's tread carefully. But we, we, it really has brought this debate into focus, is there are spaces 
surely where women feel more vulnerable than men. Oh, yeah. Let's start from that premise. I think it's pretty obvious that uh, a woman would, or a woman who identifies as a woman, if that's what you're trying to get at, is... Um, well, I wouldn't have it six months ago. It's just that the phrase immediately makes you think of, well, what does that m mean? It's a, it had comments on the tra to trans debate just to ask it. Well, I don't know. I, yeah, I suppose all I can say is that I'm just coming from a position of my cis heteronormative opinion and that sort of, you know, I'm just speaking yeah, from absolutely. my personal opinion. And, heard, uh, and, sister, heard. Yeah, right. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel safer when I'm not the only woman, usually. Um, that said, I'm feeling quite safe in this space. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I don't know whether that's to do with power dynamics because there's a gay man here. Wow! <laughs> 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 I was ah! behind me. Well, I was like, what? Well, the deep throat is a competition. Oh, God, I, th I thought Sebastian had popped in from next door. Wait <laughs> <laughs> I finish, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, I'm number one on his gagging recall list. So. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not the mo I'm not the most sort well, of beard well, sporting alpha male myself, <laughs> am I, Jess? It's probably got something to do. I'm not, I'm not exactly oozing testosterone down the lens. Actually. No, maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, um, yeah. It's just it's when the when women are not outnumbered, they feel safer. But are there, are there certain just contexts where you would feel more vulnerable? So there's not even the presence of a man, like walking home in the, oh, in right. the dark, or yeah, of course. I mean, any time I'm alone mm. in outdoors and um, i mean even just walking through the countryside is unfortunately a frightening thing i mean i i now live near the countryside and i go for walks and i get so i get so annoyed because i start to feel anxious when i can't see enough people around and there isn't just another woman walking towards me with a dog i just and i'm like oh great now i'm scared and I think, you know, women probably feel afraid most days. I mean, at least most weeks, I think we have fear and then we bury it. Can I, can I ask a question? Just because I obviously want to know what Josh's opinion on this. I just want to ask you one more question. How real is that based on how much the media has ramped that up in recent years with how we obsess and over-report things like that? How, how real, how founded is your fear is what, what I'm asking you? Um, well, I mean... You know, the I, I used to get dropped off and go to school on my own, but I couldn't imagine dropping my... Well, she's only five at the moment, but I couldn't imagine Minna waiting for a bus at 11. That, to me, seems like something barbaric from the Elizabethan age, but I, something boys and girls just did without thinking. This is not yeah, that long ago. Yeah, and I think about but, what but my But it's not more dangerous. It's safer. <laughs> Statistics suggest it's safer. So have we just gone fucking mental? Yeah, I mean, it could be. It's interesting. I mean, I definitely think, you know, I had experience experiences of sexual assault if we're going there so i don't so i don't think it's completely unfounded on a personal no. level i think that that's what what happens mm -hmm. but i think the the idea that you're going to get raped or assaulted just walking in the countryside is probably statistically incredibly unlikely but of mm -hmm. course that fear is always there but it's interesting that josh is nodding along like 
Uh, well, we we know Josh about changing changing the voice and everything, but are there certain spaces where you feel more vulnerable? Certain areas. I get more nervous in the countryside as well, but I think that might be because of horror films. Like, I think if you're in the city, like the main thing is you could get like mugged or like attacked and stuff. But in the countryside, I feel like that's where you get like tied up and they take your toenails and you're being tortured for like months. I don't mention yeah. toes. I'm already aroused. <laughs> so, yeah, well, so, I mean, I was thinking that because I've got a daughter. And uh, and we started reading her some fairy tales, and it all obviously it all begins with Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's it. Walking through the forest. Oh. Yeah, don't walk through the forest alone. Yeah, I, I yeah, we've we've told it, you. It wasn't until I uh, had a, we had a baby, so Lindsay had a baby, that I realised how many Disney films start with the parents just dying at the beginning. Oh yeah, like frozen. They drown on a boat, and at every fucking film we have to go through this with Minna. She's only five, so we have the sobbing. I do wonder how much of it is, is in the cult, how much vulnerability we're uploading into the hard drives of the next generation. And I'm not suggesting that obviously assault and everything is a real risk, but we put on top of the real risk, the media hyped risk as it's, well. Yeah, it's interesting because is it a way of, I mean, there's definitely one argument to suggest that that it's, you know, it's a form of patriarchal oppression to to keep women down, to keep them afraid. And that all of these stories that is and I would say is not it's not like I don't think there's a man sitting in a room making these decisions but I think that they're a story and, and like Little Red Riding Hood is a classic example and they evolve evolve and evolve until they become horror movies and it's just that these normal tropes that mm. happen where women get attacked and it's the same in like with crime drama on television mm. and you know of course like it all feeds into a sense of a lack of safety yeah because aren't like the three most um like the three biggest groups in like serial killers victims are women um gay men and homeless people and they're like they're like seen as the three most vulnerable and they're the biggest like groups that have been like attacked by serial killers attacked killed by serial killers I mean, that's the like that. There is a reason that women are afraid of men, mm. and that's because men do kill us a lot. Yeah. And and this is why I, I when I get into arguments with with men about feminism and stuff, and I have like I have friends who say to me like, oh, you know, my friends' boyfriends a lot of the time who like <laughs> get annoyed with me about being a bloody feminist. And and I'm just like, but you know, it's women don't kill men as much as men kill yeah. women. It's, I mean, it's a pretty that is like the headline fight back one, isn't it? Put the female unit down. Let me give it to you in a few words. <laughs> and it was still legal to rape your wife in 1991. So I, I can I can remember the law. I didn't know that until you just said it. That's crazy. You couldn't. You you couldn't rape. It was you. You couldn't rape your wife. That was the law. Because you were your wife. Therefore, how could it be rape? That's how the law. That is insane. Yeah, and then they changed it, and so now we. And then we're like, oh, but we all have still got great rape fantasies. That's what um, Fifty Shades of Grey is all about. I've tried to get. I, I can perv off on most things, but I just cannot get through that. I, I know what that, that but I've got that down. What we're talking about is the fear of walking alone, it's the fear of getting attacked by men that we internalise to the point where we're like, do you know what? I just want to be raped in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. By a man so I love. So, so it's more about the comfort than it. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, I think I've understood what you're saying, there, Tristan. Uh, anyway, guys, I, I feel like if we go any deeper, we'll be in the scene from Get Out, so I'll be stirring a teacup and we'll never get up again. It, absolutely fantastic. Thank you, thank you so much for your honest um, sharing, your insight, your humour. Uh, it's been really, really amazing speaking to you both. Um, hopefully, people will be able to see all of us doing stuff out and about in the real world. You might still be able to catch um, Jessica Nappett on various things. Weren't you on Taskmaster at some point? Or yeah, like it was. That? Yeah. So things like that are still filming, so we can still catch whatever Jess is doing, whatever she's writing. But for Josh and I, you will see us. We will be up and down. One of the last gigs before this lockdown, in fact, was Josh and I at university. Oh, yeah. Trying really... to get some socially distanced 18-year-olds to connect with anything. That was fucking awful, wasn't it? Well, the... yeah, no, it was quite... We both stormed <laughs> it. What are you talking about? And uh, anyway... Lovely to speak to you both. Stay safe, everyone listening. It's obviously um, there's been more triggers than an American gun shop in today's episode. Oh, so do tweet so me if sorry. you want to talk about stuff. No, no, listen, it's exactly what we were saying. Just if we do not talk about this stuff, it doesn't magically dissolve like it's been injected with a serum and bought from Pfizer. It sits there. So this stuff needs discussing. Do contact me, tweet me. I love hearing from people that have been helped or got questions. We'll try and put some resources in, in with the listing. If you've just stumbled across this one because you're a fan of Jess or Josh, please do subscribe. Leave a nice five-star review. And if you don't like it, fuck off. Put a uni and jack your profile and go <laughs> somewhere else. I've been Russell Kane. Goodbye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.